Hey everybody and welcome to another Torn Up interview and you know as always I'm so grateful for the time that the artists take to speak with us here on the show and uh, I'm over in uh, Crouch End in London, the musicians I've seen and heard over the last few days. By the way, of course, my good friend Aga, you know, her hospitality to me here in our home in Crouch End, really appreciate that. But I've met some wonderful people and I have someone in front of me here that I'm about to interview. He's really a bit of a legend. He's he uh, he's uh, an Aussie that come over to uh, to the UK in uh, what the mid 60s or thereabouts. Um, he, he showed me an album here saying Creepy John Thomas. <laughs> well, listen, will you please give a big, big turn up welcome to the one and only rock and roll rebel himself, Johnny Driver. How are you, Johnny? You're welcome to the show. I'm good, Jerry. Thank you for having me. Lovely to be here. Well, you know what? You may have come over to the UK in the mid-60s, but you haven't lost your accent. You're still, you still have the Aussie accent, which is great. Nobody should ever lose their accent. It's where, it's where you came from. But... Johnny, um, we'll go back further than that. You know, what got you interested in music? Was there music in the family? Were you the first? Uh, what got you to pick up that guitar and play some exciting music? Uh, the second question is easier to answer. I was walking in the park one day and uh, I, had, I heard a radio and I heard That'll Be The Day by Buddy Holly. Yeah, that, that got my, my boat floating, you know, it's, uh, but before that, my my auntie, Auntie Daphne, she was a singer. She used to sing. She wasn't a professional. My granddad used to play the organ in church. But other than that, that's about it. So there really was music in the family, Johnny. It wasn't the case you were the force to do it, because sometimes you interview people and they're actually the force maybe in the family to ever take up music. So... Tell me something then, did you, did you play some music in Australia before you moved over to the UK or did that happen when you came here? No, 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 I, I, uh, I was a kind of a, a minor pop star in Australia. Ooh, in, in, do uh, tell. Uh, uh, I don't want to, yeah, it's, uh, we were kids, you know, like we were like 19 and I was uh, in a band called The Flyers or The Fabulous Flyers. Oh, we right. Kind of a Beatles kind of uh, wannabe kind of band. <laughs> We had some hits and we were on TV and blah, blah, blah. And, wow. You know, we couldn't play that good, but in those days nobody could, but, you know. Yeah. We had long hair and kind of was, was all right. So, was so, so when you came to the UK, you were already kind of established in the business a bit. You had hit records and all that and yeah, then come I'd over had, here. I had a couple of hits in Australia and when I come over here, um, well, I, 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 I didn't have a... When I, when I came over here, I, I, I got a job as a disc jockey. Oh, uh, in a in a place called Düsseldorf, in this psychedelic dungeon called the what was it called again? The, oh, I forget the name of it. Uh, oh dear, dear, dear. Ah, having a senior moment here, Jerry. Ah, no, don't worry about that. But anyway, you were a DJ at a psychedelic dungeon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that sounds and, good to uh, me. It's interesting uh, enough without the name. And how long did that last for? Well, Why did you pick up to play live music well, here? It was all right. I, I met some people when I was in there, and um, I met this uh, guy from EMI, and I, en I ended up getting a deal with EMI. And uh, I come over to, to London, and I uh, auditioned some people, and I, I found a rhythm section, went back to Germany, we did this album for EMI, 
And then we didn't last very long. We split up because like personality conflicts and all that sure. stuff. <laughs> these guys were good players, but I, I had the record deal. But these two guys, <laughs> they kind of hijacked the album, you know. So you know, on my own album, I only got to do a third of the songs. But that's cool. Okay. Uh, so then, so then, when that well, happened, the band kind of broke up. Did you form another one, or did you go solo? Well, what or what happened? happened? Well, I had I knew this this girlfriend of mine. She knew this guy called uh, Connie Plank, who later on became like a pretty famous uh, producer, great bloke. She took him to me. She took me to him. I beg your pardon. And uh, I played him some demos, and he said, "Let's do something, Johnny." So we did some recordings, and I had a. A friend of mine who was kind of managing me at the time, managing with a small M, he uh, played the recordings that Connie had done to uh, the A&R guy at RCA in London, and they signed me, and I did. Uh, I did. I had a two album, two album deal with RCA. Wow! Uh, creepy, the creepy John Thomas uh, was the name of the outfit, you know. And uh, it was all right. It didn't last that long, but. <laughs> It was good while it lasted. Well, it seems to me like the story you're telling me, you had lots of excitement, lots of, you know, being, listen, being signed by a record and being signed a couple of times, obviously they seen the talent, as indeed I have to say, folks, when I heard this man's music, um, you know, I, I just was blown away. He still has it. He still has that. You're making me blush now. No, no, it's, it's true. He, he has this rock and roll energy. It's fantastic, and and you know, you know me, folks. I love me music. I love meeting new people and hearing new music. Um, Johnny was like a breath of fresh air. Um, he still has that enthusiasm. He still wants to do it, and you know, it isn't it great for anyone. You know, it doesn't matter what what how long you're on this planet or what, how old you are. If you love music, that love never ever leaves you. It stays with you, which is a fantastic thing. Because sometimes people work on day jobs and. They can't wait to retire, to get out and do whatever it is they do. But if you love music, music's a vocation. It's a lifelong commitment. It's a love affair. It's actually a lifelong love affair. And I realise that of the people me, I talk. It makes me laugh, Jerry, because I've got a friend of mine. We used to start talking about music. And, and he's a great, great guitar player, one of my best friends. And I would say to him, look, for fuck's sake, stop talking about music. I hate music. <laughs> And you go, yeah, I know, I can tell by the way you play. <laughs>
So, so have you always kind of lived around the London area, Johnny, or did you tour no, uh, other no, parts of the uh, world? Uh, after the creepy John Thomas stuff, I went to San Francisco, and uh, I, uh, I hadn't told you, but when I was this job, when I was working as a DJ, uh, I met members of the, of the Jefferson Airplay who were on tour. Okay. And, uh, you know, I went, I saw them, a fantastic concert they did. Anyway, we, when I was in California, uh, again, I was working in a bar. Uh, it was called the Garden of Earthly Delights. It was like the Wild West. Upstairs, it was coke dealers and pimps and hustlers and a wonderful place. Hell's Angel used to drink there <laughs> and they used to have live music there. It was like, you know, it was like a pretty rough place, but it had a, it had a good vibe. Okay. And uh, one day, Yom Kakanan from walked in and he, we, he remembered me and we started to talk and I went up, we went into the studio while I was, when he was recording some overdubs for Jefferson Airplane, which was a fantastic experience. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that was nice. And uh, I met two guys from It's a Beautiful Day, uh, Mitch and Hal, and I started jamming with them and uh, I was hoping to get something together, but unfortunately, my visa ran out and I had to leave the country in a hurry and come back to Blighty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you came back here, did you ever make any further trips back to the States or...? Uh, well, I've been to Canada quite a few times. Okay. Yeah. Um, and at the minute then, you play around the London scene then and do that quite regularly, I think. Well, no, when I came back to London... Uh, I, I, I joined the Edgar Broughton band, uh, which which I uh, Steve had been a really good pal of mine anyway, Steve Broughton, and so I stayed with them for about three years, and after that, I uh, I went back to Germany again uh, to do a project with Connie Plank. The, the same oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We started to do this album together. And Dave Stewart and Annie Lennox were, were involved in that project. We, we finished the album, but for whatever reason, uh, the master tracks are still all in my studio. They, they never, we never put the album out. What happened then? Uh, then I started, uh, after I'd left, left the Broughtons, uh, I went to Berlin with this friend of mine who played keyboards. Mm -hmm. um, we started doing some recording together. I still had my flat in London. But I, so I was back and forth, London, sure. Berlin. And I, I suddenly found myself playing in all these little clubs. And I, I, and I got a deal. I was, uh, wow. Uh, I, and I did two albums over there. That's where I started dr Drivers, like Johnny and the Drivers at the time. And I did two albums of Johnny and the Drivers. And uh, we did okay. We did all right. We didn't set the world fire, But, you know, it was a lot of fun. Good band, good musicians. And then I came back to London, and uh, here I still am. Yeah, well, I mean, you do you do have your own band, and I've se I've seen you perform solo. Um, you know, and I've yeah, look, I've listened to your music and heard the band's music, and you know, folks, it it uh, there's so much energy in it, you know, and you you can feel that you can feel energy in the songs and the lyrics, and I love me lyrics as well, and great lyrics and. Um, it's very kind of you, Jerry. No, it's 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 really true, and uh, you know that's why I feel 
doing a job like this, you know, it's my absolute honour and privilege to speak to people like you that have created so much in their lifetime, had so many experiences. And uh, it, it's really a pleasure to speak with you. suppose we might even turn a bit you know you, you you were saying that you had a good success in australia you know with with a band there uh what a, what about acdc you know did you ever come across the lads then at that time or maybe even the other band that their older brother was involved with uh, george the easy beats is there any any, any cracker stories from that part george or time young, yeah george young <coughs> excuse me Yes, um, well, I, I did a, f a few shows, uh, you know, on the same bill as the Easy Beats. 
And um, what were you asking me? I forget the question. Well, basically, you know, you know, the young George, young the older, young brother, he was involved with the at Easy ah, Beats. Ah, that's right. And, and, and then ACDC probably well, they, well, they weren't formed probably the early seventies, uh, but maybe had you ever any interaction with them? Well, all as I remember the Easy Beats, for my money, uh, the Easy Beats, arguably up to that point, they were just so bloody good. They were so much better than everybody else, you know, and they were just really good. And, and it's Stevie Wright was one of the great front men, great, great, great live band. George Young and Harry Vander, great songwriters, yeah, uh, you know, great production. You know, they were, they were cool guys, really nice, nice fellas. So, so, and you know when when you when I think about it, because I'd be a lifelong ACDC fan, and certainly the early albums were all produced by Van Den Young and Albert right, Studios, yeah. Sydney, yeah. Australia. So, um, you know, obviously Harry Vanda w- was a part of the setup for a long, long time. Good player. Yeah. Um, Love is in the air. And then St- Stevie yeah. Wright, uh, did he they do wrote, solo? They wrote that. Right? He and George, George Young. Okay. Love is in the air, everywhere Lovely stuff. God, we're getting a bit of sing, bit of music here now. Uh, I can't sing that. Ah, uh, no, no, you're, you're grand, but... But didn't Stevie write that he he did his own solo career then for a while as well? I don't know much about his solo career because you know I, I, when I came over here I lost I lost touch with all what was going on in Australia. Yeah. I, I found out later uh, about you know his sad demise. It was really sad, you know. Sure, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. And then I suppose coming back to yourself, then Johnny, you know, in in more recent times now, have you been recording music? Is there new music yeah, coming n- out? What's n- happening? Yes, yeah, nearly every day. I'm, I've got my own my own little little setup. I'm, uh, I've got a I've got a backlog of uh, yeah. I'm still recording. So we can look forward to more new music from Johnny Driver in the not-too-distant future. Oh, I definitely hope so, yeah. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I certainly look forward to playing it on the show. It's been an absolute honour to speak with you, Johnny, because, uh, you know, I, you. not at all. And I can see the passion that you have for it. And, you know, you're an inspiration to people in the business because, you know, you still have that consistency. I've seen you on stage. You own it. And... Uh, it's been a pleasure to speak with you and on behalf of myself, on everyone here at Torn It Up, um, Graham Hilly and the producer, everyone at home of Rock here at the station, want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us thank here on the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Jerry. It's been a pleasure, Johnny, and just keep on rocking. Well, thank you. Black is the colour that shines on me. Black. The only color I see Black the day I set her free Black the color that shines on Black the sky, black the fields of golden rye, black all the roads to eternity, black the color that shines on me. Black the wheat, black the snow, black the air everywhere I go, black as the bottom of the deepest sea, black is the color that shines on me. Shines on me. Black the dogs that smell my kind. Black the smoke that leave behind. Black.
black as a bird on a gallows tree But the color that shines on me Black is the color that shines on me. 